The topics and opinions expressed in the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4CY Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4CY Radio or its employees or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4CY Radio. Churchill said, those who fail to learn from history are condemned to repeat it. Kevin Hallinan believes that certainly applies to business. Welcome to Winning Business Radio here at W4CY Radio. That's W4CY.com. And now, your host, Kevin Hallinan. Welcome back to Winning Business Radio. I am your host, Kevin Hallinan. Thanks for coming back, everybody. The mission of this show, Winning Business Radio, as regular listeners know, is to try and offer insights and advice to help you, the listener, avoid the mistakes of others, to learn best practices, the how-tos, the what-tos, the what-not-tos, to be challenged and certainly to be inspired by the successes of others. Every successful person I've ever talked to has had some sort of failure in either their life, their life, their career, or both. So while we all have to get our knees skinned once in a while, I always say, I'm driven to keep those scrapes from needing major surgery. Let's endeavor to learn from history so we don't repeat it. Today, my guest is John Covenants, founder and owner of the award-winning handcrafted audio marine off-road in Chandler, Arizona. Here's John's brief bio. John is a father of one, a lover of music, a climber of mountains, and a speaker and writer. He says that through some major life events, he's created true strength, balance, and self-mastery. Realizing his childhood dreams, John now writes and speaks about his experiences from the stage at events across North America. Combining decades of professional retail sales and customer service experience with self-tested methods for prof- uh, excuse me, personal improvement and an undying dream to be a rock star, John's engagements are educating and enlightening, entertaining and empowering, leaving the attendees wanting and able to change their professional and personal lives. I met John while I was speaking at a Mobile Electronics Association event called Knowledge Fest earlier this year. In fact, the two of us have spoken at a number of events, including the B&B Expo in Canada, and I wanted to help him get his message out. I wanted you, my listening audience, to hear his story. I think it's compelling and personal. John, welcome to Winning Business Radio. Thank you very much, Kevin. Thanks for having me. You got it. So I want to talk about your background. I ask every, uh, every guest to kind of talk about how you got here. First, before we get into audio and sound and music, um, you know, where did you grow up? And, and uh, well, start with that. <laughs> Where'd you grow up? <laughs> uh, I grew up in a small town in Arizona called Gilbert. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm basically a native to Arizona, even though I was born in Virginia, uh, pretty much on my family's way back to New York. Uh, yeah. We lived there for a couple of years. And I moved out here when I was three years old. So I'm basically native. Cool. Um, and besides, again, audio and music, we'll get to that in just a second. What were your early interests? Um, I always was and still am an, an adrenaline junkie. You know, um, yep. Arizona is great and for a lot of reasons. Uh, the weather uh, for most of the year is, is really uh, supportive of, of, of outdoor activities. So mm-hmm. I was big into skating. I was big into BMX racing, um, cool. trick riding. Uh, all that type of thing. I spent a lot of time outdoors uh, in, in all of the months other than the summer months. <laughs> and uh, in the summer months, uh, when everybody hides from the sun, um, yeah. you know, I, I spent a lot of time inside. Uh, but I wasn't much of a TV or or movie type of kid. So I'd spent a lot of time listening to music. Uh, I would write. I, I've been a writer almost as long as I can remember. So I would sit and I would write. I would listen to music, um, mm-hmm. do all that type of thing. What kind of music? Uh, well, the first music, oddly enough, the first music to reach me in a farm town in in Arizona was like the earliest of rap, right? Um, like, like (laughs) West coast rap, like Tupac was, was, was my favorite. And somehow that reached me in in farm town, Arizona. And that was, that was what I first started listening to. Um, and after I kind of went through that uh, phase of my life, I got into uh, punk rock and alternative rock. And that's where I really, really, really found kind of my identity and, and, and what I really, really like. And I still like that today. I'm actually going to a concert tomorrow. Cool. So, so that, so that white farm kid from rural, uh, Arizona feeling the struggle, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was, uh, it was, it was unlike anything. I, yeah. I, I mean, the whole world is unlike anything the whole world had ever seen before or heard. And yeah. 
and some of the things that they were saying, some of the, some of the sounds uh, and everything like that, it was just, it was, it was captivating. It was so different. I was always a, always a rebellious spirit also. So yeah. like, and in that, in, in, in the place that I lived when it was, uh, that type of music was really not well accepted. Yeah. Uh, that was all the more reason why I wanted to do it. <laughs> <laughs> so back to, you know, that, that's a big motivator, music and audio. And, and, you know, as you told me earlier, but I want you to tell the story of how you got interested in and involved in what we'll call the mobile electronics in- industry. That's essentially, you know, auto RV, not for you, John, but for the listener, uh, off-road watercraft sound and accessories, right? Is that a good description? Yeah, it's, it's a good kind of blanket term. The, the yep. industry has, has really expanded in a lot of different ways um, over the past probably five years for sure. Um, but it's uh, in, the, in the beginning, it was real, realistically, most people just called it the car audio industry mm-hmm. because it was all about, especially in the late 80s, early to mid 90s, it was all about audio and everybody was doing yeah. uh, really, really big audio systems um, and really high-end audio systems in their vehicles too. And uh, that's where it started for me. Um, so I bought my first car when I was 15, uh, preparing for getting my license. It was a $250 green uh, 1986 Ford Tempo, if, if memory <laughs> serves properly. Uh, and I bought it from my neighbor um, with the sole purpose of day one, when I turned 16, I was going to be in the line of the DMV. I was going to get my license. And I was going to hit the streets. Uh, I, I, I mean, I was stealing my parents' car when I was young and driving it around the block. I just could not wait to drive a car, right? Boys and so girls, don't try this at home. Sorry. Don't try this <laughs> just at home. Kidding. Very, very bad. When you roll yeah. into the driveway and you thought your parents didn't know you took their car and they're standing on the driveway waiting for you to come back, it's bad. <laughs> so don't do that. But I think um, we're supposed really to say, loved, uh, I think we're also supposed to say, say, stay in school. Keep going. And cool. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so I really love to drive. And, and yeah. the last thing I wanted holding me back when I got my license was not having a car. So yep. saved up some money and bought a car. And, um, it was, it was kind of, a, kind of, a uh, I had some problems. Uh, mm-hmm. let's say, um, I had to drive it around three to four times uh, around the block in order to get the shift from first to second gear in the morning. Um, which made the time that I had to get up to go to work about an hour earlier than I really needed to. And instead of addressing that problem, I decided to put a couple subwoofers in the trunk of the car (laughs) um, when I could put in my, uh, my NWA tapes uh, into the tape deck. uh, So I can date myself a little bit there with the tape deck. Um, I could listen to the bass. And and the first time that I heard bass in my own car, I was hooked. Absolutely. So basically that turned into this career because, um, when I had to get rid of that car, when, when eventually even driving around the block five, six times wouldn't warm it up enough to, to shift into second gear, I had to get rid of it. Um, and I needed to take the equipment out of the vehicle, um, but I didn't have money to pay anybody to do it. So I just decided to do it myself. So I was always a really uh, mechanically inclined kind of kid. Mm-hmm. I was really fascinated by electricity and electronics in general. And mm-hmm. I was always that kid that was taking stuff apart just to put it back together again. So I was like, I can handle this. And I did. And uh, so I took it out of that car, put it in my next car. It worked great. So that my friends and family were like, hey, could you hook me up too? And so I did. And eventually that turned into a part-time job, mostly sweeping yep. floors, but also learning some things at a local shop. And then uh, that turned into a full-time job at uh, Best Buy. Um, oh, yeah. And I stayed there for, yeah, yeah, I stayed there for a while. And I, and I learned a whole lot. And eventually I went through a whole bunch of different, uh, uh, I, I held a whole bunch of different positions in the industry from installer to shop manager to car audio supervisor, expediter. I worked at small shops, big shops. I was a custom fabricator. I did everything. And eventually I just came to the point where I decided I want to start my own business. And that was in 2007. So tell us what, uh, just for the audience's sake, what's an, what is two terms, an expediter and a fabricator? Okay, so an, an expediter is the guy who installs the products that are on the vehicle when you buy it from the dealership. So when you go and you buy a car and you're in the uh, financing office and they mm-hmm. ask you a million questions, and one of those questions is, would you like the security system right. or the remote starter or the whatever? Mm-hmm. Uh, I was the guy who was installing that on those cars okay. for you. And then a fabricator um, is my true love uh, for what I do, which is building things, uh, creating um uh, you know, uh, parts for cars, interior panels, uh, subwoofer enclosures are a lot of things that we build. Uh, my business has evolved to a point where we build pretty much anything that we have to. That's where uh, the art, artistic com- uh, part comes in, right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. So you don't just slap a speaker in. You might have to change the 
you cut some metal and put a put a um, enclosure around that, or or you have to build a lot of things, right? Yeah, one of the things I enjoy about my job the most is cutting up a perfectly good car. And, you know, and like, <laughs> when there's when um, the more expensive, I, the better. Yeah, the more expensive, the better, because I can make it look so good. I make it look like a yeah. factory option. But realistically, the the challenge there is. Uh, the customer has a desire for the vehicle. They want it to be able to do something uh, that it doesn't do from the factory. And so my job is to find a way to do that, but make it look as though it could have been a factory option. So sometimes, yeah, it does require modifying the vehicle. It does require moving some parts of the vehicle, mm-hmm. um, fabricating uh, into the plastic or the metal of the vehicle. Uh, but then we always build a, uh, a nice structure or a panel or something to that effect that makes it look like it belongs in the vehicle. And especially with the technology of cars now, it's integrated into the car's own controls a lot of times, right? Yeah, right. That's a huge part of it. The, mm-hmm. Kind of the, the, the way that we got our name uh, in the Valley uh, here um, is by going the next step ahead to make it the best it can possibly be. Make it look like it might have been a factory option, giving you mm-hmm. those features that you're looking for, that super high fidelity sound system that makes you feel like you're there at the concert or that really safe feature that makes you feel good about letting your daughter take the car on the road, you know, yeah. but doing it in such a way that you almost have to ask, well, what did you do? <laughs> that's kind of the best compliment we can get when they can't even see what we did. Cause it looks so factory. Uh, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Um, how long were you in the industry before you became uh, the owner of your own shop? And then tell us about that, how, you know, where that, when that came about, how that came about. Okay. Um, so I technically started in the industry, even if you count only as like the very beginning stages when I was 15, uh, I'm 38 now. So, you know, whatever that is, 23 mm-hmm. years. Mm-hmm. Um, and my business is about 12 years old. So, mm-hmm. um, I would say I, I've been, I was doing it for about 11 years total, probably about seven years professionally mm-hmm. by the time I started my own business. Um, and then, like I said, I started the business in 2007, but I did it in a, in, in a, as kind of like a, what they call a side hustle um, in the beginning where I was working for another business uh, and then I was doing my own business on the side until my own business got enough um, traction going to where I could justify leaving my steady job to focus on my business. Yeah, that's cool. And how big is your team now? Um, About to be five. So we're a small crew. Yeah. 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 Uh, What is each person? What's their responsibility? What's that look like? And the reason I ask is I want you to, when you're done with that, give advice to somebody thinking about, um, you know, opening their own shop. Um, well, yeah, each person does have a very specific list of responsibilities. Um, you know, we have a technician uh, that is, re- or two technicians that are responsible for the actual installation of the projects, uh, of the products into the vehicles, uh, the fabrication element of it. Um, I do a lot of fabrication. I do a lot of complex system design. Mm-hmm. Um, as the owner, I also do sales. I do a little bit of everything because I'm the owner. That's what owners right. almost all end up doing. Um, I have a dedicated salesperson, um, dedicated uh, accountant, um, person to run the books and everything mm-hmm. like that, and I have a dedicated assistant as well. So there are, um, in order for it to operate properly, you need to allow what I've found, what I've learned over the years, is that you need to um, find a specific role, a specific set of duties for each person to do that they will be able to excel at mm-hmm. and let them focus on those things only um, rather than overloading them with a whole bunch of other things because then what ends up happening is that none of it gets done very, very well. When you let artistic people just kind of do their art, whether that is um, customer service or fabricating a custom trunk in a vehicle, mm-hmm. uh, you're going to get the best work out of them if you just kind of let them do what they do. Yeah, you can play to their strengths. You can also provide growth opportunities for them, right? Yeah, for sure. So I know you're a member of, among other other groups, uh, Mobile Electronics Association, MEA, and I know you've won a number of industry awards. So we're going to talk about those for a couple of minutes. And I don't mean for you to brag, but feel free. Uh, but talk about those awards because you've won a number. Yes, yes, uh, we have, uh, fortunately so. Um, so, um, well, so I started the business in 2007 um, mm-hmm. out of my garage <laughs> uh, in my house uh, until my neighbors complained enough and the city came <laughs> and said, yeah, you, you can't do that anymore. But that's and a good so problem because okay. now you're starting to make money, right? Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm start, starting to make money. I'm starting to, starting to see a lot of people come by. Um, there's a lot of traffic um, with what I do with, with composites and, and, and certain materials. There's uh, a lot of dust in the air. Um, but... Uh, 
it, it evolved very quickly from operating a one-man show uh, out of the garage of my house to moving into what eventually became a very large uh, retail uh, facility facing Arizona State Highway 87, which is the main uh, connection point from Tucson to Phoenix and then up into the northern cities of Payson and, and Sholo and the White Mountains. Right. And um, so in 2007, I started, I started in, in the garage, um, and by... 2010 was when I won the first award uh, that we had won, which was for Installer of the Year. That's an uh, annual award that they give out at an event in Dallas, Texas every year. Um, and it's basically given to uh, the person that a panel of judges believes exemplifies the best of what the industry has to offer in terms of inst- installation, uh, ability, skill sets, um, you know, that type of thing. Uh, so that was the first one, and that was really, really powerful cool. for me because yeah. – it was what I had spent a large portion of my life doing. It was also given to me at a very difficult time in my life when my daughter was just born and she had some uh, complications and she needed to be in a hospital for a while, had open heart surgery. And it was wow. a really, really difficult time uh, for me and for my family. And so I wasn't able to be there uh, to accept the award because we were in the hospital uh, trying to support our daughter. Wow. And uh, But the award was shipped to me and it was, it was, it was really great for a couple of reasons because um, the, the then editor of the magazine, her name is Joni, she sent me a, a email and said, Hey, I know you're at the hospital and you got a lot of stuff to handle there, but sometime in the next couple of days, I want you to go home um, and look for something on your doorstep. So I show up at the doorstep and, and I open the box. And the first thing there is a letter from Joni stating that I had won the award That's and so that cool. she knew I wasn't going to be able to be there, but she wanted to send it to me. I opened up the box and there was my award uh, right there on the top of the box. And then right underneath that was this really cool lamb like blanket oh. kind of thing for my daughter. Um, and my daughter still, still uses that today. And so that was a really, really a uh, big moment for me because I was in this really, really difficult situation. Yeah. Uh, life was very challenging at that point. And then, uh, and then to, to have something like that happen at that point was really, really great. And it also solidified my, my connection to the industry as a person. That's awesome. Hey, we're going to come back and talk about more of that. We'll pick up where we left off. We're going to take a break right here, John. We will be right back. You're listening to Winning Business Radio with Kevin Hallinan on W4CY Radio. That's W4CY.com. Don't go away. More helpful information is coming right up, right here on Winning Business Radio. You can tell what's wrong with a car just by sitting next to it at a red light. You can tear down a big block engine in 26 minutes. You know cars. We can help you find more of them to work on. And together, we can get your small business moving in the right direction. At AT AT&T Advertising Solutions, we have more ways to reach more people. With print, online, mobile, and direct marketing, AT&T Advertising Solutions has local advertising experts small business find more customers. Call 1-800-GET-REAL to learn more. AT&T. Rethink possible. Have you ever dreamt of being on the radio? Well, now is your chance. Be a radio show guest on the number one ranked internet radio station and promote you and your business for free. Yes, you heard it, free. Business advertising right here on W4CY.com. Call 561-506-4031 now to get booked on one of our shows. That's 561-506-4031. Get your free advertising now. Be seen, be heard on the Internet's number one ranked radio station right here in West Palm Beach. What a way for your business to have a voice. Now is the time to advertise your business on W4CY.com. Call 561-506-4031 for a deal you won't refuse. Again, that's 561-506-4031. Don't wait. Call now. And now back to Winning Business Radio with Kevin Hallinan, presenting exciting topics and expert guests with one goal in mind, to help you succeed in business. Here once again is Kevin Hallinan. 
We're back with John Covenants, founder and owner of the award-winning, we're going to talk more about that, handcrafted auto marine off-road in Chandler, Arizona. And so, John, you were talking about the awards and uh, the, the lamb blanket. That's kind of so, that's so cool. Um, take us yeah. back, talk about, um, you know, kind of finish those thoughts around awards. Okay. Um, so, so the reason why, um, why, why that particular award is so important to me um, was because it, it came at a very difficult time in my life, obviously, and I was going through this really big challenge. So it was nice to feel that kind of, you know, that love and that support mm. um, from somebody who at that time I had never even met. She had no idea yeah. who I was, yeah. but she knew about, about what I was going through. And it was really, really important to me. Um, and that solidified my personal relationship with the industry and the way that I connected with, with the people of the industry much mm. more than the function of what the industry does. Um, so that was in 2010. Uh, from there in 2013, we won an award that I'm also really, really proud of, maybe even more proud of. I don't know. It's hard to say, but yeah. that one was for retailer of the year. Um, so there was installer of the year, which was about me as, a, as right. a technician. And then this was retailer of the year, which was about the team that I built, the business that I built. And that again is, is selected by a panel of judges who take a look at some information that you present them with and some informa- information that they know. Mm-hmm. And they say, who, who best exemplifies who we want to be as retailers. And so winning that award is basically like saying, Hey, you guys are doing it right. You're doing a really good job. And, and we see that and we want to recognize that. And for that, that was such a big thing for me because it was the recognition of my team and the yeah. thing that I built more than it was with me. Yeah. Cause I'm really not that great at, at saying, Hey, look at me. I'm, you know, um, but look at my team. I can do that. You know? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So that one was really good. That was in 2013. Uh, 2015, we won an award for um, best customer retention practices, which is basically our way of keeping engaged with people, making sure that they are taken care of after the sale. Um, and then this year, uh, this most recent year in 2019, we won two separate awards, uh, one for uh, most improved location for mm-hmm. a huge uh, showroom upgrade that we did in late 2018. And then another one for Retailer of the Year runner-up, which is effectively um, the same award that we won in 2013, but we were the runner-up rather than the rather than the direct winner. And I was in Dallas for that. That was pretty cool. Yeah, that was, that was, that was a good night. All right. When it comes to your business uh, and your career so far, and this is in light of helping helping listeners learn from you, can you point to a memorable mistake that you made? Hmm. How much time you got? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, there's lots, you know, there, there, there's, I mean, there's been bad hires. There's been, uh, people that I was was too quick to hire, too slow to fire, you know, that whole thing. Um, there's buying mistakes, getting too much inventory, not setting up Mm -hmm. accounts properly, all kinds of things. I would say probably the, probably the biggest mistake that I made though was, uh, actually, I would say that the mistake that has been the farthest reaching yeah. um, has been not stopping and taking a minute when something was happening that I wasn't quite sure how to handle and just oh. pressing through. Um, for example, there's a great example that I'm still dealing with now. Uh, when I started the business, I decided to use QuickBooks to run the business, the financials, mm-hmm. the sales and everything like that. And instead of, or even knowing that it was possible to go and have a professional set up a, a QuickBooks program for me, yeah. I was just like, oh, I'll, I'll just do it. So I just did it. And it was going very well for a little while. And I set up one item, one very commonly used item the wrong way. And I used it that way for about six years until wow. I found out that it was set up the wrong way. When my accountant said, what is that? And why is that number so big? And um, it turned out that the classification of that one item was uh, was done wrong. So um, it basically uh, made things account for uh, in, in the entirely wrong way. And it cost a lot of money and a lot of time to fix it. And um, so because that was so far reaching, uh, mm-hmm. I would say that's such a great example of one of the times when I should have seen that and I should have said, hey, I don't know how to do this. Take a step back and find some help. Find yeah. someone who can do this for me. Um, or at least teach me how to do it so that I do it the right way. And I've seen that reflected in, in other areas as well in terms of um, letting other people do jobs that I felt that I was the one yeah. I had to do, like customer service, sales, uh, installation, fabrication. Um, I guess just kind of learning to let go a little bit and be able to step back and say, 
this isn't the right thing for me to be spending my time on. Who can I get to do this for me rather than trying to do everything myself? Really good insight. What are you most you. proud of? Um, sorry, what are you most proud of with regard to handcrafted your your business? Uh, our culture, for sure, hands mm-hmm. down. It's, um, I feel like uh, um, it is the primary reason, uh, at least one of the primary reasons why we won the awards that we won in 2019. Yeah, we've been through quite a lot together. This team that I have, uh, mm-hmm. especially over the past couple of years. And what has kind of come out of that is more of a family um, than it is a bunch of coworkers. Right. And the energy that we have is supportive, you know, um, playful, um, but yet committed. We're all very uh, adamant about doing the best work that we can and helping people uh, the best that we can. But we are all also very understanding that we are all also human beings and we have stuff that we go through and, and, and we support each other in that. And, I feel like that kind of energy um, that you uh, that you have in that kind of environment is infectious to customers, and they can feel it when they come into place, and they feel this positive energy, and it just really makes the business thrive. And that's definitely my favorite thing about being there. That's really cool. Hey, we've got a few questions from listeners. Missy said, "Is there a better time of year to open a business?" Oof. I guess that depends on what kind of business you're talking about, and whether yeah. it's. Um, yeah cyclical or seasonal. Um, I could tell you the business that I'm in, um, we certainly have uh, very busy times of the year, like now, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and uh, very slow times of the year, like summer when people are on vacations and driving their Mm -hmm. cars around because my business revolves around you being able to give up your car for at least a couple of days. And um, if you can't do that because you're on vacation, I can't help you. So, but that's also, um, you know, you're you're talking about starting a business and and something that's going to go for, hopefully a really long time. So um, thinking about uh, maybe not starting it because it's not the prime season for that business might be kind of short sighted mm, um, because your business is going to run for a long time. You might even look at it if you are in that scenario where it's not the right season for your business as that's the prime time because now you have time to work out all the kinks right. and, and put into practice all of the policies and procedures that you want to have in place so that when people start knocking down your door, you're ready to roll. Excellent. Here's a question from Henry. He said, what's the best way to know, at least from your opinion, what's the best way to know you're ready to move toward your own business? Oh, man, that's such a great question. Mm. And, uh, you know, I'll tell you something. Uh, Who was it, Randy? Uh, Henry. Henry, sorry, Henry. Um, So when I started my business, it was in 2007, which was at the beginning of what we all know, the great financial crisis. Right. So like everything was falling apart. I was losing lots and lots of money on my own house. And, um, and I decided, Hey, uh, seems like a good time to quit my job and start a business. My mom <laughs> thought I was crazy. My brother thought I was crazy. Everybody was telling me, what are you thinking? Um, and I, I, I'm, I, I'm never one in, in my writing and my public speaking and my dealings with any person ever to, to just trout out that, that old, got to trust your gut thing. Um, but it realistically is something that you just feel. And I think like with any calling, it's something that you start to feel, um, kind of quietly. It's like, like Mm -hmm. a little inkling and, and eventually it grows and grows and grows and grows and grows until it eventually becomes, comes to a point where you're either going to do it, it's going to drive you mad, you know? And, um, and so that's like the internal thing. That's, that's the feeling of it. But the actual, uh, logistics of it, the actual knowing that you're ready, I would say um, you got to be very realistic about the risk that you're taking. Um, so what other things are going to be affected by this decision? Um, when I made the decision to start my business, it was primarily um, because I knew that I was going to be having a daughter relatively soon. Mm-hmm. And I, if I was going to take a risk on failing financially, it was going to be before she was relying on me to, to give her life. Oh, that's so cool. what kind of things are going on in your life and what kind of people are, are relying on your current um, you know, way of making a living and can you afford to take that, to take that risk, I think would be, would be a good, a good question to, to ask yourself. And it, I mean, man, we could talk about that a lot. Uh, that could be like a whole, <laughs> write, a write that, that one down, write that one down. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah let's and, come back to that another day. <laughs> and Harold says, um, this was relative to the conversation we had about three minutes ago. Are you saying we should not wear too many hats in our businesses? Um, I think, um, yeah, um, I think, you know, in the e-myth, uh, they talk a lot about, exactly. um, 
they talk a lot about it's a great book, um, and they talk a lot about this problem exactly, and and ended up taking on too much, and how you start out as uh, this uh, technician type of person, and you get this idea that you can do it better, and you probably can. So you start the business, and then next thing you know, you're not really acting like a businessman; you're acting like a technician in charge of running a business, and. That's what happens when you have the mentality uh, like I have and like many artistic people like me have where I can do that. I can take that on. I can, I can, I can make that better. And so to answer the question for Harold, um, do I, am I saying that you shouldn't wear so many hats? I think that at a certain point you kind of have to. Like, you know, you, you have to um, carry a lot of the burden in the beginning until the business gets up and running and you start getting some, some customers, some revenue, uh, and it starts becoming a real thing where you can afford to hire on some employees that will uh, enable you to um, kind of spread out the load a little bit. Yeah. But even in those beginning stages, I think it's still important to not try to wear every hat. And so what I mean is like, you may not have enough money to hire an employee, uh, a full-time employee, but what you can do is when you come to a point where you don't understand something about how the business should be run, take a break and watch a YouTube video or read an article, learn how to uh, do this thing, reach out to a professional and find out how to do it properly rather than just putting on the hat of QuickBooks file setter upper guy and then, and get in there and figure it out. Um, don't wear those hats, you know, choose, choose your battles wisely. Well said. Two quick questions before we go to our next break. Who's your ideal customer? And for those that are in the Chandler, Arizona area who might want to upgrade their auto, RV, boat, et cetera, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? Um, our ideal customer is, is uh, an enthusiast um, in, in, in their vehicle, uh, in audio. Uh, audio is still a really big part of what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, so anybody who really, really likes really well-reproduced audio, um, we are the place to go to in this area for that, for sure. Right. Um, people who like things done very well, uh, who like to look behind the scenes and see nice, clean wiring, um, properly installed electronics, uh, all that type of thing. That's our, that's our customer. Um, and if you are in this area and you want to get in touch with us, we are just south of Elliott on Arizona Avenue. Um, our website is handcraftedaz.com. You can also find us on Facebook, uh, Instagram. Our phone number is 480-550-8944. Or give, the number, give the number one more time. Sorry, uh, 480-550-8944, or you can email us, sales at handcraftedaz.com. Perfect. We're going to come back in a couple minutes after these messages with John Covenants. You're listening to Winning Business Radio with Kevin Hallinan on W4CY Radio. That's W4CY.com. Don't go away. More helpful information is coming right up, right here on Winning Business Radio. Is your pet overweight? suffer from itchy skin and coat problems showing signs of food allergies then do your pet a favor stop by fiesta pet deli south florida's original and only fresh food deli for pets prepared daily and fda approved with products like bravo nature's variety and biocomplete listen dogs and cats are carnivores 90 percent of their diet should be meat that dry kibble you put in their bowl every day contains less than half of what their bodies require veterinarian owned and operated fiesta pet deli has one mission to get your pet as healthy as possible give them a call today at 954-971-2500 or come check out their new store at the festival flea marketplace at sample road in the turnpike in pompano florida they also offer free local delivery shipping throughout the united states check out their website at www.realfoodforpets.com or just google fiesta pet deli if you truly love your pet and care about their health stop by fiesta pet deli call today at 954-971-2500 Hi, this is Lindsay Schoolcraft with Cradle of Filth, and you're listening to W4CY Radio. Have you ever dreamed of having your own radio show? 
Well, W4CY Radio makes dreams come true. You can be a radio personality on the number one ranked internet radio station in West Palm Beach, Florida. We can be heard in 105 countries in all U.S. states. Promote your business. Earn up to $10,000 per month and more. It's all up to you. Have fun and be heard. Call 561-506-4031. That's 561-506-4031. Start your radio show now. This is Felix Griffin, drummer for MOD Classic. You're listening to W4CY Radio. Thank you so much. And now back to Winning Business Radio with Kevin Hallinan, presenting exciting topics and expert guests with one goal in mind, to help you succeed in business. Here once again is Kevin Hallinan. We're back with John Covenants, founder and owner of the award-winning handcrafted Auto Marine Off-Road. He's also father of one, lover of music, climber of mountains, a speaker, and a writer. Uh, and that's what, I'm get, what I want to get to now. Um, so since 2011, 2012, if I'm correct, John, you've been a keynote speaker and workshop speaker within the industry, right? Correct. And what are some of the topics or titles you've uh, spoken on? Um, it's it, They've all been... Uh well, uh, up until the past couple of years, they've all been very uh, business-oriented type of things. Mm-hmm. Um, it started uh, in 2012 kind of time frame um, when I was asked if I would take part in a panel discussion uh, mm-hmm. called the Young Guns Power Panel, which was basically a group of five of us um, based upon our what we were doing in the industry and our, our relatively younger age uh, in mm-hmm. the industry, how we were doing what we were doing and how we were making things different and kind of you know, that whole thing. And so there's five of us sitting up on stage, fielding questions from the audience and from the moderator, um, talking about the way that we have gone about building our businesses. And, uh, from there I was invited, um, every year to, uh, be a keynote speaker, to teach classes about how I have built my business, the things that I've learned and, and, and the, the ways that we go about doing things a little bit differently in the hopes that we might help other business owners or other employees of businesses, uh, to improve themselves. So it's like things like um, sales tactics and and installation techniques and fabrication techniques, stuff like that. Cool. And I I asked that because I want people to know that you are an expert and you're relied upon for good advice. And then that transitions to what you are speaking more on these days. You've been through a lot of changes in your life, personally, Mm -hmm. professionally too, but personally. You've gone through divorce, recovery, a lot of introspection and growth. And I want you to take us through that journey. Tell us what happened. Um, it was kind of take us through that. So, um, I, I had been doing the public speaking thing and in, in, in the classes, um, on the technical subjects for about four years or so, um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> maybe five. And I kind of started to come to the point where I was realizing that after going to these events for so long and seeing these people and meeting so many people in the industry, I started to realize that we were talking about how to make them better salespeople or fabricators or technicians or business owners, but we weren't really addressing them as people or, mm-hmm. or how they could improve their own lives. It was just this more technical aspect of it. And that really kind of bothered me because as I looked around, I saw these people that were um, suffering from, from various things, just like I was mm-hmm. uh, working too much or my thing was drinking too much, uh, eating poorly, having bad, um, bad uh, health habits and, and uh, sedentary lifestyles, all that type of thing. It's very common in, in our industry and, mm-hmm. and society as a whole, I think. And it kind of started to bother me. So um, a couple years ago, um, I was, as you said, I was going through my own divorce, and partly due to my own workaholism and my own over-drinking and sedentary lifestyle, I just kind of fell apart. And mm. what happened was, uh, for the first time in a long time, maybe even ever, I, I took a really hard look in the mirror. I was forced to, to take a really hard look in the mirror. Yeah. I realized I really didn't like what I saw. Uh, I didn't like the way that I've been living. I didn't like the kind of person that I'd become. And I didn't like where it was going. I was paying some really big consequences. <laughs> and, um, and I didn't like it. And, and I also knew that um, I was about to be a single dad and that my daughter was going to be relying on me to provide her with a, a safe, happy life. And um, That's pretty that sobering. Change. Yeah, yeah, it was very, very sobering. Mm. I knew I wasn't going to have anyone to, to rely on, that no one to fall back on. It was going to be just me and her, and I had to make sure that I, that was the best I could be for her. So I just knew it was time to quit. And, mm-hmm. and so I did. June 1st, 2016, I quit drinking. And that was like kind of just the start of a whole lifestyle change for me because 
as many people um, in any kind of recovery program uh, or have uh, defeated any kind of negative behavior will tell you, nature abhors the vacuum. So you stop doing one thing, you replace it with something else. So mm-hmm. I kind of turn that into um, exercise and getting out in nature, hiking, mountain biking, running. Mm-hmm. Um, so it ended up into a, a full lifestyle change where I not only quit drinking, but I got healthier. I lost a bunch of extra weight that I that I that I've been carrying. I started learning how to cook uh, healthy food, um, and uh, and you know really had a uh, a relationship with my daughter that was unlike anything it had ever been before. Wow, that's great. So tell us a bit about your daughter. She's nine, right? She's nine now. Yes, that's yep. right. Yeah, yeah, she's great. She's uh, she's my little adventure buddy. So once I started going through all that stuff and I started getting in all these outdoorsy things, you know, I I I, I found a lot of health out there. I found a lot of spirituality out there. Um, my whole life got better out there. And 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 before I knew it, she wanted to do it with me. So That's you know, cool. she goes snowboarding with me. She hikes with me. She has her own kayak. You know. Uh, we do all these things together. So she's she's pretty awesome. She sounds like she's a big part of your daily motivation as well. Absolutely, yeah, hundred percent. So your bio mentions some words that I was struck by, and I want you to talk about these: strength, balance, and self mastery. How do you feel? We'll talk about those words, and how do you feel you've gotten to that place? Um. Well, um, strength. Um, Basically, the, the the journey of it, the way that it has has kind of gone down, was I, the the first thing for me was quitting drinking and kind of getting control over that. That was something that I had been doing since I was probably uh, realistically thirteen years old. So it was mm-hmm. a good twenty two, twenty three year old habit that I had had at that time, and it was basically the only way that I knew how to kind of deal with life, the sad times, the good times. It was just my the way that I did things, right? And I, and I think that that's true for a lot of people and. What happened was as I started going through that and I started adapting all these uh, healthier, more positive um, habits, I was very vocal with people about about what I was going through and how I was feeling, mm-hmm. being a single father, going through divorce, going through sobriety, all these type of things. I was sharing with everybody uh, what I was going through. And I, I was having people reach out to me telling me that, hey, this helps me. You know, when, you're, when you share what you have to say about this, it really allows me to kind of confront my own things and be honest yeah. with it. And just like when people would talk to me about, about how my, my public speaking at Knowledge Fest would help them to improve their own business, this, this, uh, it, it made me feel so, uh, so empowered uh, when people would tell me this um, because my own personal experiences were helping these other people with their lives. And so I started to kind of take that, um, those experiences and I started to kind of roll it into my message that I deliver when I do my public speaking now. And now it's a more of a professional mixed mm-hmm. with personal development kind of thing where there's always this kind of per- professional element where we're trying to make you better in whatever professional endeavor you have. But we're doing so by addressing some personal issues that might be going on in your life that are pre- uh, preventing you from being able to really be the best that you can be in any area of life. Um, so if you are spending too much time staying up at night, every night watching TV or uh, you're on a poor diet and it makes it so you don't have any energy or you drink too much. Um, like I did, if you're on your phone too much and ignoring your family or your kids or whatever, and all these things that, mm. that add up and culminate to this experience of life where you're just kind of unhappy and unenergetic and unable to perform properly. Um, it just affects everything. So my thought process is I could sit here and tell you until I'm blue in the face how to sell to people more. But if you're not coming to work with a great attitude and, and, and a good personal life balance, it's not going to really mean anything. Yeah. So where, uh, where the strength comes from, um, I feel is getting control over those personal, um, bad habits, those, those negative behaviors, that, that negative way of life and coming out the other side of it and being able to recreate my, 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 my life, um, in such a way where I've got, I now have great balance uh, in my, in between my work and my personal life. Um, I've got a healthy diet that I maintain, and I've got healthy activities that I maintain, um, and that is where my strength comes from. Who were some of your supporters during that process? And you don't have to say, like, it's this such and such, but you describe the type of person, like, who they were to you. Um, they were the people who, um, unfortunately, I had um, grown distant from the most, um, mm-hmm. but... Interesting. Um, impressively, uh, to their character, they were the ones that were there in a second uh, when I needed them. Um, close family, 
uh, close friends uh, that I had lost touch with over the years that I had kind of pulled inside. Uh, they were the ones that when I reached out and said, hey, I'm going through this thing and I need someone to lean on, they were there. And it didn't matter what time of day that I had to call or text or anything, mm-hmm. they would listen to me, they'd be there for me. Uh, my parents, some close friends. I also uh, joined AA for a little while, and that was very, mm-hmm. very helpful. Um, but it was those close friends and family that were the most uh, important to me. That's fantastic. And so now you're embarking more into speaking and writing, but as you've just said, talking much more uh, than about auto sound and the industry, which which you still do. Why is that such a passion for you? Um, I had... Um, I had a, an experience, uh, after I, uh, did one of my first events. So I, I took about a one or two year break from, from doing any public speaking as I was going through all this personal stuff. And mm-hmm. I was just really focusing on, you know, finding myself and, and all that type of thing and just yeah. kind of healing all the wounds of the past and just getting through all this stuff, adapting to this new way of life that I was living. And, um, when I came back to it, I had an opportunity to do something in New Jersey at an event in New Jersey. And when I got on a phone call with them, I said, okay, what do you want me to speak about? And they said, you know what? You can speak about whatever you want. We've heard that you're really good. We've heard that you have a really engaging presentation. Um, all we want is for you to do your thing. I was like, wow, that's awesome. And so um, I sat and I thought real hard about what I wanted to say. And I remembered um, a couple years before when I was talking to uh, the organizer of another event about how I felt like we were addressing all these technical skills, but we weren't addressing the individuals. So I did a presentation on how to um, overcome uh, negative behaviors and, um, uh, and addictions to get control over your life so that you can be better in, in your personal life. And the feedback that I got from that uh, was from people saying that this helped them to overcome this negative behavior, this negative behavior, and that they encouraged me to keep on going and keep doing it because it's something that we need to be talking about, but we're not talking about. And so I have been, I've just been doing it more and more and more. And with each and every presentation that I do, I get more and more feedback from people saying that this is what they needed to hear and it helps them to improve their life. And that just fuels me to go on. That's awesome. So take one second. Um, We're going to keep going. We have more to talk about here, but give your contact info one more time so that people that are listening might want to get in touch with you about having you come speak to their company, their group, their association, et cetera. Okay, so um, my, my, my whole thing is kind of handcrafted everything, right? Okay. <laughs> I'm, all, I'm all about the word handcrafted. I love it. Um, so uh, the name of the, of the, the website that you want to go to is handcraftedcoaching.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's contact information on there. Um, you can reach out to me, John, J-O-N, at handcraftedcoaching.com. Um, and uh, the phone number is also on the website there uh, if you're interested in having to come out and do some things. Perfect. And I know you're in the process of writing a book. I love the working title you shared with me earlier today, Life Without Crutches. How did that come about? Um, It came uh, out of nowhere. Um, (laughs) I I, I don't know. Uh, Like the best idea is like the name handcrafted. When it came to me, I was like, yep, that's it. Yeah. Um, I I thought about for a long time. Eventually the idea came to me and I was like, yep, that's it. Um, one day, I don't know, I was just thinking uh, about, uh, about things and that, that name just kind of came to me and I just kind of ran with it. Um, so I, I decided as it kind of uh, evolved into uh, different kind of versions and different ways yeah. that I was going to use that, that term, uh, I eventually came to settle on the book and the title of the book. And I think, so it it, I think it does too, based upon what you told me earlier, but tell the audience what the book's about, give us a thumbnail, what's the message and who are you speaking to? Okay, so who I'm speaking to in this uh, book is basically anybody who feels like they have some kind of problem in their life, uh, whether it be a drinking problem, a phone usage problem, an eating problem, TV problem, whatever it is, any kind of problem that they feel is pulling them away from the life that they feel like they should, they, that they could be living and they want to mm-hmm. get control over it, but they either don't know how or maybe they just don't want to commit to not ever being able to do that thing for the rest of their life. Um, because I feel like what keeps a lot of people from quitting a, a negative behavior or, or addictive substance is the idea that they might not ever be able to do that again. And some part of them actually kind of enjoys it. So the whole idea of this book is my journey through how I went from being you know, just a little kid to this person who was drinking three to four times a day to get through life to sobriety to now this final stage that I'm in now where I've reintroduced it back into my life in such a controlled way that it ensures that it won't be a problem for me again. And I can now live a balanced life, which I call into the gray versus 
being all in or all out. I can enjoy it when I want to enjoy it or not have it if I don't want to have it. And uh, so I'm putting this all together to present it to a person who wants to get control over something, but wants to be able to do it in the most balanced, healthy way. And when do you expect it to be completed? Um, I'm just finishing up. So it's separated into three books, uh, which is the Into the Black, Into the White, and Into the Gray, which is basically into a drinking problem, getting out of it, and then finding a way back to doing it in a healthy way. Um, and I've just got through the second book of it, and I have the book three to go now. So my hope is to have it uh, done and typed up by the end of the year. Cool. So when you're ready, uh, we come back when you are ready to launch that book? Yes, absolutely. I'd love it. I'd love to have you. So let's do this. Um, give your contact information one more time. I'd love for people to be able to reach out if they if you've kind of touched the thread here, um, whether it's for their car or their life. <laughs> okay, so um, that's a pretty broad window there, right? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, so, kind of, kind of two different sets of contact information there. Um, so, we'll just start with it. If you're interested in uh, in anything for your vehicle, uh, you can reach us at sales at handcraftedaz.com. Call us at four eight zero five five zero eight nine four four. Visit our website at handcraftedaz.com or find us on Facebook or Instagram under the same name. Um, if you like what you hear about what I'm talking about with the public speaking uh, and you'd like me to come out and do that for your um, event or your company, um, you can reach me at john, J-O-N, at handcraftedcoaching.com or you can call me at 480-550-8944. And last thing is the website is handcraftedcoaching.com and you can see all, of the, all the topics that I speak about uh, and a little bit more information about me there. Fantastic. John, thank you so much for taking the time out of your uh, obviously busy, busy day. We really appreciate it. You're welcome, Kevin. Thank you so much. And thanks, everybody, for listening. As you know, this is a show about business and business challenges. If you have concerns about the growth of your company, feel free to reach out to me on Facebook or LinkedIn at Winning Business Radio. Or you can drop me a note, Kevin, at winningbusinessradio.com. Our company, Winning Incorporated, we develop sales teams into high achievers and sales leaders into true coaches and mentors. We're not a fit for everybody, but maybe we should have a conversation. Thank you, as always, to expert engineer Rebel Medler. Tune in again next Monday. That's November 18th at 4 p.m. Eastern. My guest will be, as I call them, the boys from SQL Audio, Scott, Alex, and Mark. Until then, this is Kevin Hallinan. You've been listening to Winning Business Radio with your host, Kevin Hallinan. If you missed any part of this episode, the podcast is available on Talk 4 Podcasting and iHeartRadio. For more information and questions, go to winningbusinessradio.com or check us out on social media. Tune in again next week and every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time to listen live to Winning Business Radio on W4CY Radio, W4CY.com. Until then, let's succeed where others have failed and win in business with Kevin Hallinan and Winning Business Radio.